Hello and welcome to Carl's Interviews in podcast form. This is an audio extraction of the live interviews that I've conducted with some absolutely fantastic guests from all walks of life with a common theme of being truly inspiring and I cannot wait for you to hear their story. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to another of Carl's interviews. Today I'm joined by Jess Robson. Jess is the founder of Run Talk Run and recently I got to listen to her as a superb speaking part of the National Running Show where she spoke about her experiences with mental health, eating disorder and the reason why and how she set up Run Talk Run. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised over the course of this interview how she wears her heart and a sleeve, how honest and open she is and how she's not afraid to challenge some really difficult issues. So Jess, I suppose the first obvious question is, where, when did your first experiences and challenges with mental health start? I guess um, I only really noticed that I was really struggling with my mental health my teenage years, but I think that I was a really shy child and that massively played a part and sort of developed itself into something that looked more like social anxiety um, as I moved into my teens. So it's hard to obviously say where it started. Um, But... I'd say that I'm someone who experiences her emotions on quite an intense level. Like when I'm happy, I'm really happy. When <laughs> I'm a little bit sad, like I feel like my world is like crumbling. And I think as a sort of 13, 14 year old, I didn't know how to handle like such intense emotions um, and such like anxiety. And so I developed an eating disorder uh, bulimia whereby actually as a way of numbing that anxiety I ended up sort of just overeating um binging essentially and that that was like a form of numbing for me like all just like covering up of all those emotions <laughs> yeah um and then feeling intense guilt and wanting to then throw that up and often actually throwing it up um which only sort of made the depression anxiety a lot, lot worse. Didn't really solve any of my problems, really. Um, <laughs> so the cycle then continues. Absolutely. You know, I'm low on energy then. And yeah, my esteem was just shattered. Um, it was when I moved to Oxford um, as a 19-year-old that I started running. Yeah. And that was largely driven by a bulimic mindset, really, of okay, I don't really want to throw up anymore, but I do want to stay skinny. Like, being skinny <laughs> to me was, like, the only so. sort of goal that I had, which yeah. was bad. Um, so running for me definitely didn't come from a good place, but it soon gave me back, like, so much self-esteem. Um, it's just helped me um, sort of see my body for what it could do as opposed to just how it looked. Um and it kind of gave me something to talk about as well, which for a really shy girl, like massively appreciated having this hobby, I guess, that I'd yeah. say, yeah, I went and ran um, around this part of Oxford over the weekend. And like, that was really cool. Um, so, yeah, I was really grateful for that sort of toy- talking point, really. Um, but, you know, when people often say that running sort of saved them. Yes. It certainly didn't save me. Like, I'm still an emotional girl. And actually, 
really kind of struggle every time life knocks me sideways I kind of find it hard to or maybe it takes me longer to process these things and actually the sort of knock that it gives me kind of sends me spiraling sometimes yeah so yeah I I find that my mental health is very up and down running helps um and it helps me process a lot of things and it's definitely a good coping mechanism but it's not it's not saving me (laughs) (laughs) and I think the last time I experienced depression um for a long period of time was in 2017 and I was using running um as a means of feeling okay um during that summer receiving therapy as well but not finding that I was able to open up very well in those sessions uh, felt like I was being judged <laughs> and felt that sitting down in the cozy little room um, was quite a hard space to open up in. When I compared that to running, I just had like verbal diarrhea about what I was feeling. <laughs> it was like easy, easy to talk. Um, and so towards the end of that summer, um, sort of thought, okay, I could do with this space that I've got here with my mum talking and running in London, looked for that space, couldn't find that space. Um, And so ended up with Run Talk Run. And yeah, that's kind of the story to to Run Talk Run in a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, I mean, so many issues and obviously I suppose it's, once you can still see and feel the pain, easier to talk about in retrospect than potentially the, the challenge you were going through at the time. I mean, at what stage did you personally realise that bulimia was a problem and what you were doing wasn't right? Um, I think it was when I arrived in Oxford as a student, actually. Yeah. And I, I still wasn't um, necessarily thinking about it in the right way. I still wasn't seeing that bulimia was wrong, in a sense. Yeah. It's a hard one to describe. Like, I knew the behaviour was wrong i knew that throwing up my dinner wasn't right yeah normal um i think it's only as i sort of built that self-esteem through running that i realized just how damaging um the whole ordeal had been um i started to take care of myself better and put more nutritious food in my body instead of just eating 10 packs of biscuits and I think it gave, it gave me that self-respect and it was that that made me realise how how much I've been hurting myself with bulimia. And it's interesting because I, I read in one of your blogs that um, running gave you started to build a sense of pride in yourself as well and what you were doing. And I suppose presumably with that, as you say, you then start taking better care of yourself because you believe in yourself and want to do more with it. Absolutely. I think um, one of the most standout things from having that eating disorder was the extreme self-loathing I can't describe it it was extreme <laughs> I truly hated myself before during after the whole cycle and so yeah feeling pride <laughs> yeah. was like such an like yeah the opposite end of the spectrum and it's quite addictive <laughs> And the, because um, you had two housemates that you got on very well with, didn't you, at Oxford and kind of helped you with your social anxiety. Were either of them runners? No. No, okay. <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> not at all. But they, yeah, this they was a thing for you. what it was to just 
give less. Uh, can I swear? <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're late enough. You <laughs> to give less shits about what people think, and uh, yeah. <laughs> they definitely help me build my confidence as well. No, and from what you said there, it's um, an understanding the concept of run, talk, run. It's, that makes sense so what was it actually the trigger point there because it was october was it 2017 you're saying you've been through depression what what, it, what was it you actually went i'm now going to start it and how do you begin to start such a concept as that um so initially i didn't really intend to start it as like a big social movement or anything like that <laughs> um it was very much um the fact that i'd been going home to sussex quite yeah. a lot to run and i was kind of at a point where I was like I need to do this in London um so I put it out to my London friends um and it kind of just fell on deaf ears really. um okay. which was quite hard actually because I, I kind of put myself it. out there kind of vulnerably and then I realized actually very quickly that in order for this to work it needs to be more anonymous like I need to yep. give this a name like a uh, not a brand but something to turn up to so you're not just going to meet Jess you're going to a run talk run yeah and I think where I'd yeah struggled to get it going as an individual it became very apparent that something needs to be created um and we yeah we ticked along as one support group for a whole year and for those that may not be aware of it what's the um, the aim of run talk run what it is set out I mean, because I suppose the clue's in the title, um, and as many runners find it um, when they're doing events and races, you do naturally, as you say, open up and talk to people, don't you? But um, what was the actual aim that you were telling people to bring them in? So Run Talk Run is a mental health support group first. It's a running group second. So the premise is we go out for a gentle five-kilometre jog but the aim is to facilitate a safe space to talk about how you're actually doing. Um, it's a group that you don't have to turn up extrovert, chatty, fast, <laughs> brilliant runner. You know, you come exactly as you are, whether that's been an anxious day or a bit of a meh day. Yeah. Or you just want to chat about how crappy your boss has been. Like, it's just like a non-judgmental space where actually it's okay if you're a bit negative that day um, and things feel shit. <laughs> so that's what Run Talk Run is in essence. It's a gentle five kilometer jog where we're not going to push ourselves with the running. We just want to chat. And um, is it talking to each other or is there a lead that kind of coordinates the conversations as you go? So at the very beginning of a Run Talk Run, before we set off, we remind runners that this is that safe space um the conversation from then is not structured or forced okay. it is just something that happens organically between the runners i i don't know all the conversations that happen <laughs> on my run i know the conversation that i'm having on my run with one or two particular runners um but i think that people go to a run talk run knowing that it's that safe space and so you don't need to force it with specific questions it can just happen naturally okay and um it's so this thing starts off obviously for you i can imagine that you've come up with an idea you put it out to your friends and nobody's interested so then you have a second stab and it starts to take some interest um 
how has it gone from that to what it is now, which has a complete national presence? And I'm seeing from the messages people come over here, so many people with wonderful testimonials where it's really helped. Oh, it's but, like I... warming my heart. <laughs> um, so what was it? How have we grown? So, like I say, we were one group for a whole year. Yeah. Um, Run Talk Run has now been going for two and a half years. Um, the what was the catalyst for that growth was a lady called Jen in Peterborough who okay. saw what we were doing and she reached out and said, how can I do the same? Yeah. Um, so instead of just, you know, giving her advice or whatever, I said, look, I'm doing this on my own. <laughs> like, how about you call yours run talk run and we can help each other. Didn't really sort of see it as anything more than that. She would have her run talk run. I'd have mine. Yeah. That would be that. Um, but what that sort of did was sort of open the doors massively for other people to say, oh, it's not just a London <laughs> thing. Yes. Like that's outside of London as well. So maybe I could do that. Um, so I haven't really advertised for run leaders much at all. These are all people that have reached out to me and said, how can I do what you're doing? Um, which is amazing. So that all the run leader volunteers are so sort of self-motivated and like have their own strong reasons for leading a community and it's just snowballed um I couldn't tell you how or why it's grown um it's a simple concept I think that helps but yeah not only in terms of a simple concept but the I found the running community itself is incredibly supportive friendly and helpful and we've come up with this concept where you say no judgment just come talk there's no pressure I mean, I presume you have some people that literally turn up just to be around, others that actually might talk might talk for great periods of the running as well. And I think that's the key, that it's not, as you say, you're in a room with someone looking at you expecting something to happen. It's a relaxed environment, and often with people who have been through similar struggles in one way or another. Absolutely. I think um, there's something quite powerful just about just being around people when you're feeling crap. Um, yeah. And I think that often when you're feeling in a bad place, you want to sort of isolate yourself a bit because when you do go and socialise, there's this expectation that when you're socialising, you've got to put on a happy face. And yeah. that is really tough if you're stuck in a rut. Um, so I think Run Talk Run provides that space where you can just come and be silent and not expect to be chatty, <laughs> which, yeah, it's definitely about that. And obviously the, the premise of Run Talk Run is, dare I say, during the COVID-19 is completely and utterly stopped in one sense because you can't get the communities. But you've actually come up with a way of working around that as well, haven't you, in the past few months? Yeah, um, the run leaders have done incredibly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so our runs um, are sort of meeting online at the same time same day that they would normally run so it's not a replacement for run to run by any stretch i think it's a lot harder for people to open up over a zoom call than it would be at one of our runs like running is an important element of what we do but we have managed to continue supporting each other like i've been doing over the phone one-to-one -one runs and that's been so so joyous for me to feel connected to the people in the community um yeah we found little ways around it <laughs> but uh, again and you'll see a theme through this people that are now watching jesse being modest 
She's actually been getting up early and running with people at 6.30 in the morning um, on a regular basis to listen to their problems and talk through with them. Um, and that shows a level of commitment, considering this is all a voluntary thing as well, isn't it? It is. It is. <laughs> but I have to point out that actually for myself as a leader and for all the other Run Talk Run leaders, I get that support right back. So yeah, even on a lot of these morning Run Talk Runs, I've needed the community support. Um, I've needed that space. So it definitely cuts both ways. Um, and the run attendees are just as giving as any of our leaders. And um, with the lockdown decreasing and hopefully you're able to start this up again, what's the aspiration for Run Talk Run going forward? Do you have one or are you just going to continue to see how it grows organically? Um, so ideally... <laughs> We'd like a run talk run in every country. <laughs> We'd like one <laughs> in every county in the UK. Um, essentially, my goal with run talk run is to make mental health support more accessible and less intimidating. Um, so to do that, that does mean increasing the number of run talk runs that are running because that does make it more accessible for people. Um, I'd like to see it in more smaller towns, more rural locations, as opposed to just the big cities. Because yeah. um, I think those are the harder to reach areas, actually. And places where that mental health conversation isn't actually happening as much as it is in London. Yeah. Uh, and I suppose presumably as well, where potentially some of that information or support isn't as accessible either. Mm, exactly that. And um, is, in terms of an age then, is there, what age can people come to attend this? Because you obviously went through your biggest challenge and I saw one of the questions there about support for mental health for teenagers. So do you have a, an age that people can come and join? And, or, or we are age? just for adults. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we are just for adults, which um, is a tricky one to, it was tricky to sort of come to that conclusion. Of course. Um, but the way I see it is that you, create a space for vulnerable adults essentially and actually bringing children or teenagers into that space then kind of makes it inappropriate for some adults to talk about adult problems I guess. No of course that makes some sense. Um, I think long term it would be incredible to have a run talk run that is for sort of teenage years um, but one step at a time it's absolutely nail it <laughs> for the adults first. No of course that's fair enough. Yeah. And um, one last good point, though, because I remember when you were doing the presentation at the National Running Show, you also said that you advise your coaches that they're not freshly qualified. This is almost a, a listening and collaborating talking piece. Because um, I, I suppose it's almost dispelling that myth that you're not qualified um, psychiatrist like that. It's just like minded people getting together, sharing their problems, an empathetic ear almost as well, which counts for so much. And actually, having someone listen and talk does make a huge difference. Yeah, 100%. So essentially what we've done is lowered the barriers to participation and made it easy for people to offer their ears. We're all qualified to listen to our friends. <laughs> we don't have to be therapists and that's not what we're trying to achieve at all. We're not group therapy and we're not trying to make you a better runner. So you don't need to be qualified for that. And... I've got to ask as well, you obviously described yourself um, when you were a lot younger, socially awkward, sometimes painfully shy. <laughs> but it's, how do you then manage to stand up and 
share the messages and the stories you do, especially on some of the platforms you have with that? How do you cope and what advice would you give people experiencing the same thing? Um, it's <laughs> the, the thing I want to share the most, actually, is that fear doesn't really go. You just learn to do the thing anyway um, and realise that you actually will still survive if you do the thing and I think the more <laughs> the more I've done that the more I've realized that, ah I survived that time maybe I'll survive <laughs> this time too um so I'm still really really awkward and you saw that talk at the national running show whilst yep. I delivered a talk I did it with my voice seriously shaking my hands really shaking you could see um, my point I think that I'm trying to make is you can you don't have to be polished and perfect and maybe you're not going to work the room at a networking event, but you've turned up and you've showed up and I think you can be proud of that, to be honest. <laughs> I can safely say the biggest feedback listening to other people talk after you've spoken um, and that's the other people within the crowd, even the feedback that you and Susie gave as well was just how real what you were saying was. So I, I think almost the fact that you had that vulnerability to see the nerves and hear it in your voice added to that because it was real it wasn't you standing up there and wonderfully articulated without any problems and people going oh she doesn't appear to be sure you could see the back and struggle you were going through and that's what made it all the more powerful and motivating. i think yeah it's impossible for me to talk about um the run talk run journey without feeling emotional i'm an emotional girl <laughs> <laughs> i can't help it i don't think i'll ever take that shape out of my voice when i'm addressing lots of people um it's only natural. I mean, for, for anyone that's had experience of it, it's still is a nerve-wracking thing. There was someone that's had the challenges and self-confidence issues you've been through and experienced. And again, I'm seeing more comments about how powerful it was or fantastic it was. I mean, that must give you real strength that what you're doing is right, wanted, and to keep pushing you on with it. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It, it comes with its challenges. But actually, yeah, it does help to know that it's had an impact um i think things like that are kind of hard to quantify <laughs> yeah that makes sense but yeah it absolutely keeps me going with it on the harder days and um a question then you've obviously you went through a really difficult teenage period with the eating disorder the self-conscious etc um a lot of people that are watching now and will watch back as well may have teenage children is there any advice you can give the parents or family members of potential things to look out for? Obviously, just that you'd experience that maybe they can help them. I think the biggest thing I would say is don't be afraid to have that conversation with your teenage son or daughter. Okay. Um, I think it can be quite, it can be hard to know what the right thing to say is or the right way to approach a situation, but actually approaching it at all is you know better than saying nothing um i think i would say actually reminding yourself that you're not going to have the answers to whatever it is they're going through and although it must be tough as a parent but like trying to be okay with not having the answers to fix whatever it is they're going through and just be there for them despite that and remind them that you know, you love them unconditionally, despite how they're feeling about themselves. You love them unconditionally. Um, I think that can be a really powerful thing because they might not have a lot of love for themselves when they're feeling that crap. Uh, 
I think that's really powerful. It's something that, I mean, you see different slogans like it's okay to not be okay and trying to remove that stigma. And it's, I think whilst we're making great progress as a society, it's still a long way to go. And people are nervous around it, aren't they? And there's a little bit of apprehensions around whether it be an eating disorder or depression, anxiety. And it's people, and sometimes it's, I suppose, having that um, confidence, you as an individual being able to ask someone to say, are you okay? Are you really okay? And then having that conversation with them and knowing that it may not be comfortable for either of you, but it will mean a lot to them actually sharing that interest and having the, taking the time. Absolutely. I think, yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. Of course it is. It's a horrible thing to have to, to have to address if you're worried about someone, you know, um, but it's, it's needed, you know, it is needed. That conversation is needed. And do you have um, any particular charities or anything you work with with Run Talk Run? So if you have individuals you know, um, either from the eating disorder or mental health problems, to be able to signpost them onto? Yeah, so Run Talk Run um, has specifically on, on and off worked with Rethink Mental Illness. Um, and they are brilliant uh, with a whole host of resources. Um, the eating disorder specifically, um, BEAT, B-E-A-T. Um, I would check those out if that's something you're struggling with. Those organisations, are you able to send them to me after and I can include them in um, yeah. the writer prompt so people can go there? Absolutely, yeah. And if people want to learn more about Run Talk Run, either if there's one in their area or if they like the idea of actually being a, a host of it, if you like, what can they do next? Um, I would say check runtalkrun.com. Okay. Uh, have a look at the map. Um, but yeah, just drop me an email using the contact form on the website. It will come directly to me. Um, and, you know, we can have a phone call and we can talk about it. And presumably now with your aspiration and potential expansion, we need to find the most remote or random place person <laughs> to start yeah. off one. Honestly, if you think your hometown's like, you know, in the middle of nowhere and <laughs> Run Talk Run wouldn't be interested in that. Seriously, we are. Like, I, I think it's so important that we put, run talk runs um, and make the support accessible everywhere so reach out <laughs> i'm going to try and find someone who lives in that place in wales with a train station with the longest name yes. to try and get them involved and then yes. ask you to pronounce your latest addition to the team that would be awesome <laughs> i can't promise i'll spell it right on the website but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah and then um What's next for you then? Because obviously, run, talk, run, you've got aspirations of that growing, but you on a personal level, what, what does the future hold for you? Um, so I've been doing a bit of coaching um, alongside running Run, Talk, Run. Um, so honestly, my sort of life is split between part-time work, Run, Talk, Run and coaching. <laughs> um, essentially, I'd like that to be more Run, Talk, Run and coaching. Um, and it's going that way, so... I found it interesting a lot while ago that you considered at one stage doing an, a, a PA job in London and um, with a, a wonderful <laughs> revealing post of yours where you got to stage where actually you had the outfit, you're going and then you suddenly almost had a word with yourself and said, this isn't me, this isn't what I want. Yeah. How did that feel for you to obviously have the, the strength and the confidence to make that decision and not kind of conform? I think what Run Talk Run has shown me um, is that, you know, living in my running kit <laughs> and talking to people about the mental health is what makes me happy. And I put on that shirt and those smart trousers and I just 
felt almost just do you know what I felt I felt like dissociation with myself yeah and I that's exactly how I felt when I was depressed actually is just not that I wasn't I wasn't really me (laughs) it was like I was seeing myself like as some like yeah, as a person sense. stood next to me i'm not really articulating this very well yeah, but it does it makes sense i think and when i dressed smart in that way i was like yeah. oh my god that's that's just not me i felt so dissociated from the whole thing and it just didn't feel right so alarm bells went <laughs> <laughs> but but again it's um for me um as um, anyone that follows just would have seen this as well is it's warts and all so the, the good stuff and the bad stuff is there and um you're unashamedly honest with it as well. And I think that's, for some people, that must be quite a difficult concept for them to be able to share and do. But for you, it works. Because it's not all about, oh, these people didn't run, talk, run. This is improvements. Actually, a really rubbish low day today. Or this set me off, you know, it's seemingly innocuous. Um, I've also noted as well that you've got a, a bit of a legend in your mum as well, the fact that some of the things she's done and achieved. It must be super to have such a powerful role model in your life. I'm so lucky. Like, both <laughs> my parents run um and they don't just run a little bit they run a lot (laughs) (laughs) um both a lot faster and a lot further than me and it is really inspiring actually and I see the way that um particularly like my dad uses it to manage his mental health and he's very honest about that and I find that inspiring that he can have that conversation with me and like with my mum she chases crazy times and I see what that (laughs) does for her and her esteem and it yeah definitely helps keep me going with it and a slightly obscure one um how's the handstands been helping with (laughs) challenge do you know what i i haven't actually done my handstands for a few weeks now right i kind of felt like i ticked that box and then i got bored (laughs) um okay but it was a good mindful experience. I yep. had to really concentrate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good to do something outside of running. No, I can imagine. And um, did I see for a little bit of time you, you did it some lifting as well? I do love to lift. I miss the gym a lot. <laughs> and is that just for general fitness or is there an aim with that as well? I did get really into it, actually. I, do you know what? Don't tell anyone this while it's going on live. <laughs> Um, I prefer lifting to running. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Shouldn't say that, really. So, uh, with run, short run. But, yeah, I, I I wasn't competitive with it, but I went every day religiously and yeah. pushed myself quite a lot with it. I'm assuming that the initial plan of lift, talk, lift didn't work because <laughs> the exertion involved in it, you couldn't quite hold the conversation. Just poses more logistical <laughs> like how do you host that conversation when yeah. you're lifting it just i would oh i'd love to do a lift talk lift but yeah like i say with the whole adult run to run thing we'll, we'll nail run to run first and then <laughs> <laughs> expand and um if people what sort of coaching do you do then is it um sort of lifestyle mindfulness physical running what do you actually cover within your coaching you provide um, so it's for people who want to build um, a social movement of their own or, you know, they want to do some social, put out some social good into the world, yeah. but they're not necessarily sure how to channel it. Um, that's what the coaching is centred around. It's around, you know, what are your next steps to creating whatever it is you, you would like to create for the world. 
No, it's fantastic. And what for me, indicative of your the impact of the community, um, can you see the comments that are scrolling through as well? Yeah. Uh, uh, people have raised things from everything from, oh, I really enjoy the run talk run through to someone said there wasn't many in the southwest. So someone else said, oh, um, I'm in Bristol and it's really good. And that kind of sums it all up. There's this wonderful community where even whilst we're talking now, they're trying to help each other and support each other. Oh, I'm literally swelling with pride right now. I feel like such a proud mother. <laughs> the children are helping each other. No, not at all. Um, it really is such a giving community. Everyone really is just there to help one another and listen, more importantly. And then a, a couple of very quick ones for you. Obviously, you're going to be talking at the National Running Show um, physically. Are you going to be part of the digital team next week or are you saving yourself for the next one that they do? I think I'm at the next physical one, not okay. this one. Yeah, but I would absolutely, if um, you were thinking about it, like tune in to the National Running Show, get get your ticket, your online ticket, and there's some incredible speakers. Oh, agreed. And then with the third birthday of Run Talk Run coming up in October, is there any plans? And if there are, are you allowed to reveal them at this stage? Um. Well... Lockdown uh, and Corona are obviously dependent, clearly. Well, this is the thing. Uh, corona's kind of got in the way of having a party. <laughs> but <laughs> we plan on the first week of December. Yep. We're going to host an ultra distance um, in support of, um, basically to support people who've been working on the front line with their mental health. So we want to fundraise um, for providing therapy for those who have been working throughout COVID who, who need that support. Um, so we're going to tie that in with our birthday. We're going to have our birthday celebrations in December and tie it in with running an ultra because why not run an ultra before <laughs> celebrating? Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, keep an eye out for that. It's going to be fun. That sounds fantastic. And it has been, uh, I suppose, the, the physical side of obviously um, COVID has been terrible and the death, uh, etc. But the other challenge has been that people have not quite noticed the impact on people's mental health. So many people have obviously been affected by it because they've not been able to see their friends, um, their family, they're worried about loved ones, the fear of the unknown, being yeah. trapped in an environment. And it's, I'm anticipating that when we do release this lockdown, there'll be even more interest and need for Run Talk Run for people to be able to talk about their shared experience and the problems they had. Absolutely. Um, I think there's a few things that are going to increase the demand for Run Talk Run. Um, like you say, the extra challenges that everyone's facing for a start, but also the fact that so many people are taking up running. Yeah. <laughs> and we are very much for the beginner runner because there's yeah. no expectation on pace and what have you um there's yeah we're a good space for for that for both really for the support and for finding a non-judgy group to run with <laughs> and i think it's important as well because whilst i said a lot of the running community are supportive sometimes especially people that are getting into it struggle with that confidence don't they to join and be a part mm. either the groups are too quick or they don't feel they can keep pace or they're not a runner in the sense of a, of a fast or high level but as you and I will both know anyone that goes out puts a pair of trainers goes out then they're a runner aren't they absolutely and what you said is so true I think I found running groups really intimidating because although I was an average runner you know I wasn't knocking out marathons or anything so 
whilst the running community is very very friendly it can be quite a scary space yeah especially if you are you know experiencing a bit more of a struggle than normal <laughs> like it, it looks even scarier uh, of course yeah i can imagine yeah then the last thing we've obviously I've had some people as you've seen sort of come and go through this and there'll be lots of people watching again afterwards um a quick reminder for Canada where they can find information about you the coaching run talk run and what you'd advise people to do if they are interested in joining or being a run leader as well please absolutely so our website is runtalkrun.com um our instagram is runtalkrun um and I reckon I'll be tagged somewhere on this video, but it's <laughs> Jessica Mary Robson, if you want to get in touch with me directly. Don't be afraid to send a DM. I, I am friendly. <laughs> um, yeah. Any questions that you have about setting one up, just pop them over. And again, I can vouch for that. For anyone that's, that's thinking about this, um, it's how I first got in contact with Jess. Uh, and she does, takes time to respond, then gives a, a heartfelt and meaningful response as well. And if you are struggling with any of the issues we've discussed this evening or anything you might need help with, um, I'd like Jesse probably a really good first point of contact because someone that's been through, dare I say, a lot of shit herself and in a non-judgy way can actually help you or give you a steer in the right direction. Absolutely. Um, yeah. No judging over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do DM me if you'd like some support. Jess, thank you so much for your time this evening. It's, um, I really enjoyed it. And I'm so glad to actually get a chance to properly talk to you again after lots of messages back and forth for a long time. Oh, thank you for having me on here. It's been nice to chat. <laughs> well, take care. And um, I will try. If this concept of you know, these interviews endures, then it'd be lovely nearer the time for your um, ultra to have a talk about that as well and help you promote and share it as well. That'd be awesome. Yes, please. <laughs>